Tandem Nomads, episode 90. I've been once asked this very simple but yet super smart question. What is actually a portable business and how do you make it profitable? Hello Nomad Nation, I am Emel Dereghi, a marketing and business coach and the founder of Tandem Nomads. Tandem Nomads is the platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to build a portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. So, in this episode, I will cover with you in details what is a portable business and how to make it profitable. So, Obviously, you would probably think, well, a portable business must be an online business. Yes, it is. But actually, it's not enough to define a portable business as an online business. Because as you will see, it has many different components that some online businesses don't have. Actually, I can give you the simple example of an e-commerce business, for instance, that can probably be portable, but not that easy to make it portable. For instance, uh, if you think about all the um, logistics aspects of, um, you know, uh, stocking the merchandise and sending them, there's a huge component here in what we call the value chain of the business that makes it very difficult to be portable because you actually need a physical space to stock the merchandise. You need um, you need actually a system, a physical system uh, to be able to send the merchandise. And on top of it, you have the legal aspect that, as I often say, our world is not designed for global nomads. And you do have a lot of customs and legal aspects to think about about when you send a merchandise from a country to another. But that being said, it doesn't mean that an e-commerce cannot be portable because nowadays, thanks to technology and new innovative business models, you can actually make even this type of business portable. For instance, here, just give an example, you could, for example, uh, subcontract the logistics of an e-commerce, which is more and more the case for a lot of people who have their online businesses and that um, that uh, concern physical product and merchandise. So I, I hope that you see here just to start what is a portable business versus an online business. So a portable business has to be online, most of it at least, and we'll see how and why and what's the most of it that's online, what's not. But an online business is not always portable. So this is why I really thought that the question I've been asked was really smart and I never thought of putting it that way. So I really want to thank the person... Um, who asked me this question in a recent meeting that I had at the UN. Uh, and that got me thinking because I was like, oh, I wish I had more time to go deeply into this. So I'm really happy that I've got this opportunity today with you. So let me cover this more in more details. Okay, before I go into details in explaining you step by step what makes a portable what makes a business portable and how to build a portable business, I want to first cover what 
what is the benefit of a portable business uh, and why I think that it is the best solution for expat partners who want to continue their careers while moving from a country to another with their partners. So the first reason I think that a portable business is ideal is that it is the best answer to one of the biggest issues of expat partners and global nomads in general, the issue of transition. What happens often as an expat partner particularly is that when you move from a country to another, you have this whole transition time. When you move, you have to first pack your stuff and then you have to find all your housing and all the schools and, and get uh, figure out your way in the new countries and then move to that country, unpack, f find first a place to live, unpack, settle the kids, uh, find the right resources, the right shops, the right doctors. All of this is often comes on the laps of expert partners because they do not have a job. So it is pretty normal that they take care of it. So what happens is that when you move from a country to another in a regular basis, this transition time that's supposed to be maybe a couple of weeks, 10 can lead to a six months to a year, and I know in certain cases more in some difficult countries, especially when the kids need special needs, etc. So for me, having a portable business is the way to assure to not have to reinvent ourselves every time we arrive in a new country on top of all the adjustments that have to be done in that country. So, and I think that having a portable business also, when you're serious about it and really dedicate yourself to it, puts you in a situation where you actually do have to take care of your needs and build a plan to go through that transition and build a system that makes you be able to move from a country to another without interrupting your activities. So I really think that a portable business is the answer to most of the transition issues of expat partner because they won't have to have spend all that time figuring out how they can find a job, how they can build something or even a local business in that country when actually they will probably leave again. And that amount of time that they spend in that country trying to figure it out is is somehow wasted. I mean, even if you kind of learn from it, it's a great experience. But if you put that same energy in building a business that you can actually continue even when you leave, then you have saved yourself a lot of energy, but also in terms of confidence and in terms of um, fulfillment and in terms of stability, life stability, that portability is very important because what I've experienced also in my personal life, moving from a country to another is demanding and request to accept, to put ourselves out of, out of our comfort zone on a regular basis. So if on top of that, your career is also have, has to be continuously changing, that can really hit your confidence. So that's the first point. The transition issues that the portability can solve, I think, is um, is really a great asset. Second, whether you move from a country to another very regularly or not, it also a portable business also provides um, can provide you with the lifestyle and the flexibility you need. If you're a stay-at-home dad or a stay-at-home mom, but you still want to build something for yourself while being available for your family and being able to have flexible hours, a portable business is actually something that can help you have that lifestyle that you want to have. So I think that's also a big advantage of a portable business. 
And um, but one thing I want to s- highlight: it's not because you have a portable business that you're gonna work less than if you had a normal business or a normal job. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you can be your own boss and you can manage your time the way it works for you. It's not a matter of quantity of time that you dedicate, but the quality of time that you spend working and the time that you don't spend working, and that you can build the flexibility you need. So. A portable business needs as much energy and as much dedication and diligence as any other business or any other job, but it just provides you with that extra freedom that you would not have if you had a local business or traditional job. The third point that I want to mention is that having a portable business is actually not going to be so exceptional very soon. If you just embrace that idea of having a portable business, you're just starting to be part of our world today. If you pay close attention to all um, the articles, the studies, the books, the conferences that are happening right now around the future of work, which is actually not so much the future, it's a very near future, with artificial intelligence and, um, and technology development, etc., building that flexible type of business is actually one of the most prominent type of activity and work and source of um, revenue that next generation are going to have and it's already starting now. We all hear about these digital nomads um, that have managed to build a, a, a source of revenue while traveling from a country to another. So one little bracket here about digital nomads. I do not consider that I'm catering to the audience of digital nomads because it is actually by choice that digital nomads travel from a country to another and they're still legally based in their home country and they are most of the time spending a very short time from a country to another. It can be a few weeks to a couple of months but they're not actually living in that country. So this is where I make a clear difference between a digital nomad and a portable business or an, or an expat or a global nomad who has a portable business. This is why I make a very big distinction here because you're actually living that life. That's your life. Your home is actually everywhere. It's not just um, a short term here and there, but it's actually building a home and settling down for a while in one place. Um, okay, so... I hope that here I have managed to convince you, if you're not already, on the big advantages of having a portable business. So now you're going to tell me, okay, tell me now, what is it to have a portable business? Okay, so first of all, before again, I go into details of that, I just want to insist a little more on the fact that it requires to build a portable business that's sustainable and profitable it does require to embrace the entrepreneurial mindset the entrepreneurial mindset is all about changing your challenges into opportunities and finding solutions to problems that you have on your way but also for your clients so i think that's really important and second i think the dedication that we need to give to our businesses is super important if we want to make it sustainable so you're going to have to develop a huge um um mental strength and physical strength to build also, um, how to say, um, systems. And also, I think the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur is building the consistency 
and also the discipline to be able to make the business a role even in ups and downs of the life and you might be busy with all the as other aspects of your life so i think that's something that can be learned and can be practiced that diligence and that discipline and i have to admit it's not easy it's a big learning curve and the more your business will grow the more you will have to build systems and 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 processes and work methods that will assure that you can actually uh, keep your business sustainable and i have to say that i'm going through that so i can tell you it's a learning curve as 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 Tandem Nomads grows, I'm continuously having to face different new type, new type of challenges and new sets of, um, of things to deal with. So it is a learning curve and it's a continuous learning curve. So I really think that we have to actually enjoy the process of going through that and making, putting our minds into it and, and realizing that it does take some dedication to be able to succeed in business in general and particularly in a portable business. But it's not impossible. And you know what? I think especially global nomads and even more expat partners in general, because you had to develop that uh, resilience by moving from a country to another and continuously getting out of your comfort zone, I think that... Um, you are probably the people who have the most qualities to be able to build that sustainability and go through the roller coasters of entrepreneurship. Okay, so now that I've set a little bit the scene of the portable business, I want to cover now step by step what makes a business portable. You will tell me, and I hope you'll agree, that the first thing to make a business portable that's necessary is internet <laughs> okay this seems very obvious but i wanted to mention it because this is something for instance if you're traveling on a regular basis something that you actually have to plan i know that internet is supposed to be everywhere nowadays you can go anywhere and get an internet connection but actually it's not always the case that you do have internet or at least a good connection so you need to always plan ahead if you're traveling for a short term or if you're actually even moving from a country to another in that process of packing and unpacking you need to find a provisional solution to be able to get connected and keep that sustainability during that transition so as simple and basic as it seems internet is obviously one of the most important component of a portable business and you need to think about it when you are traveling um, by either calling your hotel figuring out if internet is a good speed um, if there is any other place next door that you could go to is there maybe a co-working space that you could rent to make sure that you can for instance continuously work if you have a client session or if you you have something to deliver oh that's quite heavy all these aspects so really think about it ahead of time when you move from a place to another even in the same country or the same city you gotta plan that in advance um the the little tip I have for you that has worked for me is that I have bought in some countries, for example, Austria, where I go to regularly. So I live in New York and I travel regularly to Austria. 
I have bought um, what is called um, a, a Wi-Fi box. It's a mini box that uh, that has a SIM card in it, and that SIM card provides you with Wi-Fi. So um, what I have to do is, as soon as I arrive in the airport, I buy, I charge my SIM card, and I have internet illimited with a, a high, um, a high. Um, a high level of speed so that I know that I'm not going to be interrupted uh, in the process of arriving to Austria and, and finding a good place with good connection. What I realized is that depending on the Airbnb or the hotel I go to, either I have to pay for internet to get a good speed uh, and that's like extra expenses that are not guaranteed somehow and realize even if you pay for internet you're not guaranteed to have a good connection um, and things like that so I don't want to rely on external uh, sources of internet so I just bought this uh, this sim card and I'm pretty sure that it exists in every country it's a very small box the size the half of the size of a, a phone if not smaller that you just take with you wherever you go and you charge the same way you would charge um, and actually a phone with uh, without a contract. So that's the first point. Now I want to go into more a little more complex things and I think one of the biggest issue and definition of a portable business is the legal aspect of a portable business. So here is the issue but also the opportunity for expert partners when it's about portability. A lot of uh, expert partners but also travelers and people who move from country to another um, and especially expert partners actually have this visa issue uh, so I have a whole episode about this. I will link into this episode. I, in, actually, in this episode, you will have access to a bunch of resources that I have for you. One of them is the episode where I go into details uh, regarding the legal aspects of how to build a portable business. I brought to you an expert, a lawyer, who is um, Rosiane. And uh, Rosiane has a company called Legal Nomads. It's a, it's a law firm specialized for expats. So uh, we go step by step through all the aspects, but I want to cover some of it here with you. So what happens is that often expert partners have a visa that's attached to their partner that, who is an employee to the company. And that visa most of the time does not allow expert partners to work or to start a business. So here is already a first challenge to building a portable business. But here we go. The thing is that if you want to build a portable business, your business is not supposed to be registered in the country where you are. So by definition, that should not be so much an issue. However, in legal aspects, I don't want you to ever listen to one statement ever. Okay, so that's my bigger advice to you. I'm going to share with you some of my advice, but know that every single situation is different when it's about legal aspects. You might have a typical type of visa. You might live in a typical type of country where these generalities do not work. So really bear with me here when I share with you some of this advice and know that everything has to be verified to your situation. And that's actually one of the things I'm going to cover with you here is how to find the right legal, um, the right legal advice for your situation. 
But in any case, to go back to the portability, in general, and again, I'm saying in general, uh, what I advise is to actually register your company in the country where you are from and where you're legally based, where your family is legally based, hoping that you do have a place where you are legally based. Um, and I know that some people do not have that, but it's very rare. So um, most of you have either family somewhere or a house somewhere or an apartment somewhere or have a passport country, actually. So that passport country should be the place where you're supposed to pay your taxes. And actually, that's at the end of the day, one of the elements to consider if you want to know where to base your portable business because even if it's a portable business it's going to need to be attached administratively somewhere so to define where to attach it think about where is the country where you have to pay your taxes so here's the thing some expats are local expats they have to pay local taxes so i want you to think about the duration of your expatriation do you have a duration do you know how long you're going to be there if it's going to be for two three years i Honestly, don't know if it's worth registering a company there and then having to close it. Uh, but again, each person is a particular particular situation, so I really want to, you to consider that. But again, here in general, think about where are you based, where is your passport country, and where do you have to pay your taxes to define where to set up your company. So we go more into details in this episode with Rosiane. I will put the link. It is the episode, let me check one second. The episode with Rosiane is the number 75. So if you go to the podcast episode number 75, you'll be able to listen to it. Otherwise, you just go to the show note page of this episode and I'll put the link right there. Okay, we're going to cover step-by-step step everything you need to know about how to set up legally your portable business. And one thing we covered in that episode with Rosiane is how to actually find the right legal advice. And that's not easy, I have to say, to actually trust the right person. But it's going to require from you that diligence and that discipline I was talking about. That's one of the things you're going to need to invest in. Time to do your own research and find the right people to advise you. So here are the type of advisors you need in order to figure out where and how to set up legally your company. The first type of advice is obviously an immigration um, lawyer. I don't know, in each country, immigration lawyer is called differently, I guess, but a lawyer that specializes in visas issues. So that's the first type of advice you should get. The second one is a corporate lawyer. A corporate lawyer is somebody who is specialized in all the laws regarding how to set up a company. The third is a tax lawyer. So that's a type a company, a lawyer that specializes in taxes, obviously. And finally, an accountant. Accountants usually are have the same set of knowledge, maybe less deep than lawyers, uh, than tax lawyers, for example, or corporate lawyers, but they have the advantage of doing it actually on a daily basis as a day-to-day -day business. Their business is the practical side of the law. They actually help you manage your money and do your tax declaration and things like that. So often 
combining a lawyer with an accountant is a great way to actually know the theory and how it translates in practice because there's a big difference most of the time between the law and how it's applied. So here we go. This is already a type of people that you need to talk to depending on where you live, where you come from and what type of visa you have. And what I encourage you is to ask the same questions to all these people, express your situation, explain them what you need and what result you want. You want to build a, set up a company that you can manage from anywhere and pay your taxes from anywhere. So they will advise you what to do according to your situation. But here's some um, advice on how to know if a lawyer or or an advisor, or a consultant, or uh, an accountant are professional and you can trust them. This is from my personal experience. What I realized is that the people that I could trust most who had delivered a good job are people who actually, first of all, spent time listening to my problems and spent time asking lots of questions. So what I realized, there's a type of lawyers and a type of advisors that actually want to copy-paste their uh, their methods to all their clients. Or they're specialized in only one type of issue and just apply it to anybody who comes to them. So you really want to make sure that you don't fall into this trap to get into a very specialized company unless it's specialized on expats who want to build a portable business then go for it but um but make sure that you for example not in the hands of somebody who deals with big corporations like amazon and things like that you want to listen to their advice because you're going to learn from how they do business with big companies but their advice might not be applicable to you so spend the time to figure out actually you should not spend the time but they should spend the time figuring out your needs and your situation and if you see that that person before giving you advice is really listening to you and asking critical and good questions then I think you're already on a good path if it's not the case and the person is already telling you what you should do without really figuring out who you are and your situation mm, not spelling good to me so um, here is already some guidance I hope it's going to be useful to you I'm not going to be able to cover all of it here but if you want to really if you're really serious about setting up your portable business I invite you again to check out that episode with Rosianne. She was amazing. It was episode 75. Okay. The first thing about, um, we said the first thing about a portable business, it's a good internet connection. The second thing that makes a business portable is the legal aspects. The third thing that makes a business portable, and that's a major component for me, is the technology. Your business cannot be portable if you don't embrace our world today and if you don't embrace all the amazing technology there's out there for you. And that's one of the biggest chance we have today as expat partners is to have all that technology around us that can help us make our companies viable, sustainable, and portable. Um, and I do realize that there is still a lot of resistance towards technology because sometimes because when we're not used to it it takes at the beginning a lot of time to learn about these things so that time can seem hideous can seem like endless I really invite you if you're serious to put that time in figuring out what technology you need for your business and what do you need to learn to be and to embrace to be able to to put all those te technologies in in place so I have listed for you in a very good guidebook, 
all the tools that I use to make my business portable. So if you're interested, I invite you to go to tandemnomads.com slash 90 and you will find there the guidebook with all the tools. It's basically the tool book with all the links and the description of all the online tools I use. So there I've already done half of the work for you of all the things you need to know about to run a portable business. So not everything is 100% related to portable business, but that could because they could be used by any business but there are some aspects for example how to collect money um how to uh communicate with clients um when they're when you're not in the same space things like that so very important tools to embrace so i don't want to spend time listing those tools because they're all all there for you you can go to tandemnomads.com slash 90 and download them and get to know and get familiar with them but my message to you here take the time to embrace technology and take the time to learn all about it and um and, and have fun with it honestly once you get into it you realize that it really makes your life much easier so that's the second point of what makes a portable business and um, uh, the third point, sorry. Now it's about the business model. The most critical thing that makes a business portable is how you make money and how you deliver and produce your product. So um, I want you to ask yourself these four questions when you start planning your portable business. Number one, how do you produce and deliver your product or service? Number two, how do you generate revenue and how do you get paid? Number three, how do you reach, communicate and keep the relationship with your customers? And finally, your business model can also be your way to differentiate yourself from competition. So you want to ask yourself, is my business model innovative enough to make it um, competitive compared to my competition? Because there are different ways you can be competitive and having an original business model can be one of them. Okay, so these four questions have to lead to an answer that makes your business portable. Um, and I will give you some examples of businesses that are portable. But before I want to cover another topic that's super, super important, that's um, that. Again, the same person who asked me this question about what is actually a business um, asked me this great question that I absolutely love is that how do you actually scale a portable business? So yeah, you might want to scale your business. You want to grow your business probably, not just keep it small. So how do you make a portable business that's not like really set somewhere? How do you grow it? Okay, regarding scalability, I think I will do a whole dedicated episode about this because it could this could be another whole hour but here are some of the things I can share with you already and um, one thing we might skip a little bit here is all about the profitability how to make an business profitable because what I want to focus here is on the portability aspect of it but here are the things some of the things I can share with you already here so before I answer that question, I want to tell you something. There are three types of businesses and you need to know which one fits to the lifestyle you want and to your life goals. The first one is a freelance the fr or a solopreneur if you want. It's um, basically a freelance is somebody who gives the time uh, in exchange of money. Um, second is a small business. Small business is usually 10 uh, so 
legally a small business goes up to 500 employees above that um when you start growing a much bigger business then you're having a big business so the question is going to be can you build a huge business that's portable i'm going to cover that in a second but what i want to say here is that depending on what you want out of your life you need to know what kind of business do you envision in your life do you want to do you want to have just something small that you can build some revenue, but you don't need to depend fully on it? Um, do you want to build still a little bit bigger of a business, but not so big that you can't, that you have to invest, continuously invest in its growth? Or do you have a big dream to build this big company and you can be ambitious about it? So how are you going to do it? That's a question. So the critical question here in general, when you decide in your lifestyle, you need what you want for your life and your business, you need to realize one thing is that if you have a small business, and especially if you're a solopreneur, you won't be able to scale beyond 24 hours a day because basically what you're selling is your time. And there's so much time you can give away uh, to build your business. So there's only 24 hours a day and that's the limit of having a freelance business. So you need to know if you're ready for that limitation and if you're okay with that. In that case, I would not say that your business is scalable, but it doesn't mean that it's not a sustainable business. It's just not a business that you'll be able um, to continue if, for example, unfortunately get sick or anything like that. It relies on your time and you as a person. So if you can't work, the business does not work. So that's important to realize. Then you can always hire a team or virtual assistants and that can help you continue your business. So I want you to ask yourself that question about scalability. Um, how much do you want to scale your business and how much do you want your business to depend on you? And how are you ready to take that risk of having a business that does not allow you to just get away from it whenever you want or any entrepreneur will need to give 100% of his time and energy but that flexibility is a little bit less present if your whole business only depends on you so I want you to think about that and now here's a very small introduction to another layer of information regarding scalability and profitability. And it's very much linked to the business model that I was shortly introducing before. So the business model is what was, will define if your business is scalable or not. And usually to make a business scalable, it's all about balancing your necessary resources with the revenue you make. Do you have enough uh, resources um, to be able to multiply your revenue with no limits. So that's actually what a scalability is, is that limitation of how much you can grow. And usually that depends on your business model. And, and we could, like I said, do a whole episode about that, but I want you to consider two factors usually that help make a business scalable, which is related to the resources you need to be able to scale and be continuously profitable with no limits. Uh, so the resources are, number one, the workforce, the the people that you hire, you can be scale, scalable by hiring more people, which means also more systems, managerial methods, etc. You can be scalable with technology. If you have a technology that allows you to have as many clients as 
you want because it's actually technology that takes care of it. Most of online softwares, for example, today are based on that. Uh, so there is the technology that allows um, millions of people to be part of a platform, like a social media, for instance. So in order to actually finance these two ways to scale your business, you will need to have money. So that's in a way a third resource you have to consider. How much is your business profitable? Do you already have enough cash flow to be inv investing in your growth? And if not, how can you um, find those funds to grow your business and make it even more scalable? Usually you have investors, angel investors, um, venture capitalists, and other ways like that. But sometimes it can just be your own funds and uh, growing very slowly. The more you make revenue, the more you invest in your company and that's usually the most traditional way to grow a business and make it slowly and slowly more and more scalable so it doesn't have to be all crazy and uh, it can actually be growing step by step I don't want you to get too intimidated if you're just starting a business and you're realizing oh my god I'm gonna have to do all of that to be able to be profitable no uh, that's not necessary. You can build a business that's not necessarily scalable as long as it is profitable. And profitable, it means that you're earning more money than you're spending and that you're also managing to pay yourself because that's important too. If you have a business, you need to be able to pay yourself on top of paying all your expenses. So in the show note of this episode, I'm going to link all the examples of businesses that are scalable of expat spouses who have built them and that I interviewed on the podcast show here. I have, for example, Marcel Yeager. Marcel has actually two businesses that she scaled and grew and on top of it had in the process three kids and she recently had a baby while doubling her revenue with, uh, I don't know if it was one or both of the companies. So, so she has two companies. One does resume consulting. She helps people write effective resumes and get, and get jobs through it. And that business is called Korea Valley. And second, she has a headhunting company for military spouses, which is called Serving Talents. So um, the way she scaled is by hiring freelancers, who would, for instance, do the uh, the correction and the rewriting of resumes, her job is basically to be in touch with the clients and send them to the right people to do it. I know it sounds very simple. There's more work that's involved in that. <laughs> if Marcel, you're listening, I do know how much you're working behind the scenes, but the business here is scalable. I have the example of Melissa Matthews who created an agency, a virtual PR agency that's called the Matthews Group. And she has employees that helps uh, scientists have a proper PR campaign when they need to promote their work. So Melissa work lives in Saudi Arabia and her her agency is in the US. So that's a typical company that has grown and scaled while she's actually not even there. But because she has built a great process and a great system that allows her to work with her clients and her team, that manages um, to, to grow the business and have the right skills in the business, that, that has helped her be able to work remotely for her business. I have another example, Ebere Akadiri, who has a, a food company. She has she sells packages of West African spices. So that's typically a very scalable business. The more you produce, the more you can lower the prices, the more you can sell. And she can now sell internationally. And what allows her to scale and sell internationally is to reach out to what we call 
distributors. Thanks to those distributors, they're doing the actual work of distributing the products around the world. I know everything seems very simple. <laughs> Again, it needs dedication and time, but these are typical portable um portable business models that you can think about. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple other examples. Rosian, the lawyer I told you about. Typically, a lawyer is not supposed to be a portable business because it's very, as a lawyer, you're supposed to be credited and have a license for only the country where you studied and got the bar for. So and she was very smart with her business model where she actually developed a network of lawyers around the world. And whenever she has a client where she can't cover because she specialized in French law, so she's going to send that client to a lawyer that she knows can take care of, of this client's specificities. So she gets a share of it and she can scale that way. I have another example, and this is a great example of scalability. But beyond of that, I have Andrea Martins, who was uh, who created a platform called Expat Women, and um, it was a startup. It was more than a pl platform. She created a startup called Expat Women. I also interviewed her. So each of these women, you can know all about their stories in the show notes of this episode to listen to their interviews. But for instance, Andrea Martins created this startup, which is a platform where expat women could find all the information they needed from when they moved from a country to another. Fantastic idea. And that platform has grown so much that she managed to sell it for six figures. And now this this company is it's a huge company that's managing that 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 uh, business so andrea martin is out of that business but she has scalers in a way that managed to sell it and that's another way to actually scale as an entrepreneur is to build businesses and then sell them um, if that's what you know how to do to kick off and start off businesses and then sell them to be able to start other journeys some people love to do that The reason I'm sharing with you all these examples is because I also want to tell you that in order to build a profitable, portable business, you are going to have to be a little bit creative in how you're building your business model because we're still trying to figure out it's not yet a common thing to have a portable business that's scalable that's a fact so I love to share these examples with you of how creative some of these expat partners have been in building a business model that they could scale beyond just the services that they sell to their clients that require exclusively their time and usually time is the one thing that is not scalable. It can be profitable, but not necessarily scalable. So again, it all depends on your life goals and what kind of business you really want for yourself. So I hope I try to cover so much here. There's so much more I want to cover with you. But um, I really want to make sure that you understood all those aspects and reach out to me if you have any questions. But there's one thing before I say goodbye that I want to share with you. How about... What? How about the local aspect? I mean, we're moving from a country to another to experience the world, right? So wouldn't it be a shame if we actually don't have anything related to the country where we live? Wouldn't it actually be an opportunity to expand our portable business by taking advantage of the local aspect? Well, definitely yes. So it's not because you have a portable business that can, you cannot develop a presence a physical presence. I just want you to keep a number in mind. What I usually say to my client, you have to have this quota of 60% of your business being generated online, regardless of where you are, and 40% um, 
that can be local. So this is a figure that you have to embrace and make it yours. But in general, I would say you have to have majority of your business that's being online and a small portion of it that's uh, local so that you can really enjoy the aspects of your life abroad. You don't want to completely... Um, isolate yourself. I know that with Tandem Nomads, that's what happened to me at the beginning. I developed all my business online and then I felt like I was spending most of my time in my office. I had no network here. I was not developing my network here, but that has changed in the past year because I really made an effort to develop that uh, 30 to 40% of my business in New York. So that's getting on track. But um, and now I'm really enjoying it because I have also that physical contact with people that I enjoy. So I know that a lot of you have that same thing. You actually want to be with people physically. So you cannot. I don't. I think that you can create amazing relationships online. That's what happened to me with Tandem Nomads with all the episodes starting with, with that. All the guests that became a lot of them became really good friends. Um, and same with clients. I really managed to create amazing contacts and relationship with clients online. But I also enjoy the physical aspects. So there is a way to combine both. You just have to make it step by step. Yeah, so I hope that I summarized some of the ideas. I could talk about this for hours, but these are some of the major points that I want to cover with you. I'm going to just summarize them with you real briefly. The first thing that I did is to tell you why I think a portable business is the right things for expert, the right thing to do for expert partners who want to continue their career in global nomads in general. The importance of adopting the entrepreneurial mindset for it to work, because that's all about turning challenges into opportunities and in investing in yourself. Then we covered what makes a, a business portable. The internet part, I know that's obvious, but plan it in advance when you go to a place to another to have actually a good proper connection. The legal aspects, I really want to insist on that. Very important also technology. You don't have a portable business if you don't adopt technology. And if that. If you don't get that, that's like the central piece. So I really want you to download that um, workbook that I prepared for you. It's the toolbox of all the tools that can be helpful to you that I've prepared for you. So it's around 40 tools that I use in my business that might be useful to you. So go to tandemnomads.com slash 90 and you will be able to download it there. The third point of what makes a fourth point of what makes a portable business is the business model. How do you actually produce your service or product and how do you deliver it and how do you get paid for it and how do you communicate with your clients, teammates and all the people that are involved in your business? Very important. Then we talked about the profitability and the scalability of your business, that a portable business can be scalable. I do believe that. You just have to decide at what extent you want to make it portable and that you know, have to know make that balance between scalability and also um, in terms of risks. Uh, the more scalable, the more risks you take, but also the more scalable, the less dependent on your time the business will be. And finally, think about how to balance the local and the and the uh, virtual part of your business. Make sure that the majority of your business is virtual, um, but it does not prevent you from building a local presence that actually can be turned into something virtual when you move again. So here is two actions that I invite you to take at the end of this episode. Number one. Again, go to tandemnomads.com slash 90 and download the toolbox with all the online tools that will help you build your portable business. 
Second, once you get to that page and download this toolbox, I would like you to go to the comment section and share with me your answer to the following question. From all the elements that I have been sharing in this episode with you to make your business portable, which one will you first focus on implementing and how will you do it? I hope this was useful to you, Nomad Nation. I can't wait to hear all about your feedback and your questions. I really want to hear from you. I'll see you at the next episode where we will talk about one of those tools, which is LinkedIn. I will bring to you an expert who will tell you how to take benefit best uh, practice of the LinkedIn for your business and your career in general. So stay tuned until next episode to turn your challenges into great opportunities.